0: Welcome in episode 81. What's right, Nick, right? The YouTube show, the podcast. We are live on YouTube right now. If you're already watching, we appreciate you. Today's going to be our most interactive show we've ever done. There's going to be polls. There's going to be a bunch of questions. We're not even, I, I don't think we're saving it all for the end of the shows we have in the past. So a ton to do today over the next 40 minutes or so, as we always do. By the way, I'm Nick. He's Demonze. DeMonte's a little under the weather, so if he sounds a little clogged up today, our apologies. He's powering through it. Uh, yeah, I thought, you know, post-pandemic, you're not supposed to come to work if you're sick. DeMonte, on the other hand, just breathing all over me in these close spaces. No problem. We'll get, before we get to the actual show, as we always do, however, what missed the cut for today's show, here's what's not on today's show. Tonight's Thursday night football game, which is one of the worst nationally televised games ever with the Bears and Washington. The most exciting new basketball documentary has not made the show: the Redeem Team or the Jeremy Lin doc. You might say, Nick, why not? What do you think of them? I haven't watched them. Why haven't you watched the docs, Nick? Because I read books. Like <laughs> uh, uh, um, uh, everyone's like, oh, make this documentary. My friend Dan Lebatard, he's going to make thirty new sports documentaries. It's just because people won't read anymore. How about that? Does it take that documentary? The popularity of documentaries is directly co- co- uh, correlated. To people, people
1: that don't want to Just
0: read. won't read books. Just pop open a book, America. Turn off Netflix <laughs> in, 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 when you're like, oh, I want to learn something. You know how I'm going to learn something? Laying in bed and watching it be told. <laughs> read a god dog book once in a while. Also not on today's show, Ben Simmons airball at that outdoor Nets practice. One of the worst shots anyone's ever seen. Ben has now talked about it. He's like, I didn't airball every shot. If you're watching on YouTube, there's the video of it. There was not a single unique or interesting take on this, except for the one Demons had. Before we get to the actual show, what was your take on that horrifying Ben Simmons shot that my television co-host Kevin Wilde said he could shoot with better form with a fifty-pound medicine ball <laughs> than Ben Simmons shot. That. What's your take?
1: My take is it was calculated. I think it's like a not a marketing strategy, but I think it's to get the people talking. You know, Like everybody's he's already
0: possum. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, you think I can't shoot? Exactly.
1: And and then how slow the windup was for it to be that far off. It just seems like he's got to be doing that on purpose, man.
0: Okay, real quick before we get to our main topic, which is of course Chiefs Bills. It that is a great take. Well. If that's not what it was. <laughs> and that was in the, that was his best attempt at the shot. How how bad is that in your opinion? That's pretty bad.
1: I mean that was like a it was like a 10 footer.
0: I think it's gotten I think his shot has gotten worse. Kevin O'Connor, who's a great writer and podcaster from <laughs> The Ringer, 5 years ago. 5 years ago made the argument Ben Simmons shoots with the wrong hand. Cuz he's one of these lefty righty guys and he shoots with his left hand and he used to shoot with his right hand. I think Kevin O'Connor was correct.
1: Does Kevin O'Connor read books?
0: Oh, yeah. Reads books, writes books, smart guy. Okay. Listen, I'm from a generation that likes to crack open a book every once in a while, learn some things. (laughs) There ain't nothing wrong with that. Now, while you're watching this on YouTube, I appreciate (laughs) you. However, here's here's what I would recommend. You know what? Bomani does this on his podcast. I might steal it from him because Bomani's a friend. What if we did a what's right book of the month club? Oh, you know what? We're doing it. We're doing it starting on Thursday shows, starting next Thursday, book of the month club. And we can keep you updated on it, do a little minor segment on it. And you're going to read it too. That's going to be part of the job. Part of the job for Demonse. I already know what the first book's gonna be. Oh, I'm excited. Better hope
1: LeBron doesn't drop an autobiography.
0: Okay. No, they're not gonna be sports books. No sports They're gonna books. be they're not, no sports books. Okay. All right, Demonze. How are we starting today's show?
1: We're starting with Chiefs Bills. Oh, yeah. The Bills travel to KC to take on your Chiefs. Who are underdogs at home?
0: Underdogs at home!
1: Yep, I mean, I kind of understand it. They barely snuck one out against the Raiders the other day. Yeah. Uh, Last year, the Bills beat them in the Week 5 matchup, but obviously Kansas City won when they faced them in the playoffs. Yeah. I know you're gonna say Mahomes shouldn't be a home fa- I mean home underdog or underdog at all. Yeah. But given the way the season's kind of panned out, you know, the Bills have done a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. And like I said, the Chiefs just played the Raiders and barely won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but would you be willing to put your your money where your mouth is if you're gonna say that Mahomes shouldn't be an underdog? Well,
0: I'm definitely betting the Chiefs. I uh, this is not a game. Listen, what I I wanna talk about the game and I wanna talk about the ideas surrounding the
1: game.
0: Could the Bills win? Of course they could win. So, but do I think there's value on the Chiefs plus two and a half? Yeah. I mean, Mahomes, this is his 42nd career home game. He's never been an underdog prior to this. He's only been an underdog eight games in his entire career ever. By the way, he's won six of those outright, and he's 7-0-1 against the spread in the eight games where he's an underdog. He was an underdog. He was a favorite in 38 consecutive starts. Yeah. And then he was underdog two weeks ago, and now he's underdog again. Okay? So do I think that's out of line? Yeah, I think that's out of line. And by the way, I haven't looked at the look-ahead lines, but next week they're at San Francisco. I wonder if they're going to make him an underdog there. We'll see how this week goes. Uh, but, but here is my frustration on this conversation surrounding Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Buffalo Bills. Everybody loves talking about that Chiefs-Bills playoff game. And it was an epic playoff game. There is no doubt about that. Yeah. But they talk about it as if Josh Allen outplayed Patrick Mahomes. In fact, I think that is the general sentiment that Josh Allen was the best player on the field. It is flatly not accurate in that football game. Josh Allen threw for 330 yards. Patrick Mahomes threw for 380 yards. Oh, but Josh Allen on the ground. Josh Allen ran the ball 11 times for 68 yards and no touchdowns. Patrick Mahomes ran the ball seven times for 69 yards and one touchdown. So he threw for more yards. He ran for more yards in that football game. They both had passer ratings of 125 plus, and Patrick Mahomes. It in the spot of adversity, down three with 13 seconds left, found a way to get a team in field goal range. This is not a situation where Allen was unbelievable. Mahomes was mediocre, and they won because of a blocked field goal or a kick-return touchdown. If Allen was an A, then Mahomes was an A plus. So why and and the, the other massive frustration I have is people are saying. This is Brady Manning. And maybe one day it will be. But the virtue of Brady Manning, DeMonze, you were too young. But Tom Brady won all the championships. Peyton Manning had all the stats. So it wasn't until 2006 that Manning eventually beat Brady in the playoffs for the first time. Prior to that game, Peyton Manning had two MVPs, Brady had zero. Peyton Manning had six First or second team All-Pros, Brady had zero. Peyton Manning had all the regular season numbers, but Brady was 2-0 and against him in the playoffs and had, won, had been to three Super Bowls and won three Super Bowls. Manning had been to zero Super Bowls. They're like, oh, it's Brady-Manning. Mahomes is Brady, Allen's Manning. Except... Mahomes is 2-0 and against Allen in the playoffs, and he's the only one with an MVP. He has more All-Pros. He is the... He, he, he's both of them. Mahomes has the better numbers and the playoff resume. Why does Josh Allen get to be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning? Josh Allen, if we're being honest, if we're comparing him to someone of Tom Brady's era, early in his career, is Ben Roethlisberger, a really talented, big, strong quarterback who up to this moment hasn't won sh- And, oh, pardon me, sorry, forgot we're on YouTube Live. And is not a, and doesn't have the stats that Mahomes has. So the Bills have built their entire team to beat the Chiefs. They have said they're obsessed about beating the Chiefs. The addition. Of, so if we want to break down this actual game, here is what I am concerned about: Von Miller speed rushing on Orlando Brown concerns me. Now Von likes to line up against the right tackle. That's Andrew Wiley. But Von Miller could wreck this game. The Chiefs secondary, Devontae, like could the Bills throw a bunch of bombs? and get pass interference penalties like the Raiders should have done more of. That concerns me. The Chiefs' inability to deal with mobile quarterbacks, Josh Allen's killed him on quarterback runs. That concerns me. The Chiefs' number one draft pick, Trent McDuffie, is back this week off IR. I'm glad he's back. First game against Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis, that's tough. Now, what is good is Harrison Butker is back this week. So, finally, the Chiefs' kicking situation is going to be settled. The Bills absolutely could win this game, but I am going to. But the Bills won this game in the regular season last year and then spit up enough regular season games that they lost the home field advantage to the Chiefs. Here's my final Bills Chiefs take this is a must win game for the Buffalo Bills because they absolutely cannot in a year where they went out and got Von Miller and the Chiefs went out and traded away their best receiver, where they have uh, allegedly the number one defense in football, the Chiefs defense mediocre, where Allen is playing as well as he's ever played. They cannot squander their best opportunity to have, if they play in the playoffs again, that game be in Buffalo. They have One, one thing that Bills fans, like, should hold on to is, yeah, Mahomes is 2-0, but both those games have been in Arrowhead. Well, if you don't want the next one to be in Arrowhead, you've got to win this game. Right. The Chiefs would like to win this game. They don't have to win this game. And so... I think they do. You think the Chiefs have to win it or they do win it?
1: Yeah, I think they have to. How come? I just think if they don't don't win, people are going to be talking, man.
0: Oh, I I know people will be talking. I know people will be talking.
1: I feel like this is going to... It's whoever wins this game, I feel like it's gonna, it's gonna serve their ego
0: in the right way. So that this this is why I'm saying it's a must-win for Buffalo. If the Bills don't win this game, then it starts to be a real question: can we beat this team? Mahomes would then be four and one against Allen, including the two playoff ones. The reason I don't think the Chiefs have to win is because this game last year, at the exact same point of the season, the Bills didn't only come to Arrowhead and win, they kicked the Chiefs' ass. And the Chiefs struggled for the next few weeks, and it didn't matter. All right, next game.
1: All right, uh, the 4-1 Cowboys are looking to set off. Oh, the- by the way,
0: on the poll, 61% of the mm-hmm. audience thinks the Chiefs are going to win. With that said, our YouTube stream probably skews a little Kansas City heavy. But that's fine. But go ahead. All right. Uh,
1: the, f- the 4-1 Cowboys are looking to face the undefeated Eagles. Mm-hmm. Dak is throwing passes left-handed in practice, which mm-hmm. I guess is kind of helpful. Mike McCarthy said that the Cowboys are pre- preparing Cooper Rush to start. Yeah. Yeah. So the Cowboys hope that uh, Cooper Rush does badly, so the decision's easier. Or is this like a Tom Brady, Drew Bledsoe situation? Well,
0: listen, Dak Prescott's obviously the better quarterback, despite the fact they're four and zero with Rush, and Rush played really poorly this past week, and they won despite him.
1: Great, but that defense.
0: Troy Aikman, literally twenty minutes ago, we're live on YouTube right now, and again, comments, uh, questions, stuff. We're gonna get to them later in the show. If you're in the chat. Troy Aikman 20 minutes ago on the radio in Dallas said that if Cooper Rush wins you've got to ask the real question do you stick with him I think that's crazy I think it is a crazy idea to stick with Cooper Rush when Dak is clearly the better player and there is not a single one of these games you look at you're like oh won that because of Cooper that the competition's been mediocre and the defense has been unbelievable and the running game's been really good now should they take some things that they've learned from this time with Cooper to incorporate with Dak, meaning, yeah, we know we have a $40 million quarterback, but we maybe shouldn't call an offense as if we do unless we have to because the defense is so good. Do I think, yes, I think that should be the case, but Dak obviously has more talent. I, all, I don't think the Cowboys want to lose this game, but I think because there's so much noise surrounding Dallas.
1: Makes things a lot easier.
0: The the is for the long term, like mental health of the franchise. It's not only best. What's best is win or lose that Cooper plays a terrible yeah, game. Right. I guess the ideal, the 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 thread the needle would be somehow the Cowboys win because their defense is so unbelievable. But Rush has three turnovers. They and the fact that you know what helped Dak a lot, the fact that they won that Rams game, but they did it despite rush only throwing for a hundred yards. I actually think the Cowboys, this is going to work out just perfectly for them
1: okay. because
0: they got four straight wins with Cooper, but he's played worse each week. I think he's going to be bad this week. I think they're going to lose. Just hate Dak it, then takes o- takes over and they have the lions and the bears and Dak's going to hit the ground running. Right. And the question is, Because what you don't want is for Dak to take back over with Cooper having never had a terrible game that they lost.
1: Right. And so. like that what if.
0: Right. And so I think that this week, Cooper's going to have the bad game. I think the Eagles are going to win. I think Dak gets the job back. All right, next.
1: All right, so Draymond Green was. Oh, we
0: have another poll. Sorry. Oh, yeah.
1: I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. Who should be
0: the starting quarterback for the Cowboys? It's almost split. Dak and Cooper. 55-45 Dak. That's kind of what I'm saying. The fans and the media love quarterback wins. It's why they love Jimmy G.
1: I feel like they should get split custody of the team.
0: That never works.
1: Once Dak comes back, they just one plays the first half. That never the works. They teams half have first. tried
0: stuff like that. That never, ever works. All oh, right, like next.
1: Uh, Draymond Green was not suspended for punching Jordan Poole in the face. Steve Kerr said that this is the biggest crisis that we've had since I've been the coach here. Kerr said it's really serious stuff and our culture's been damaged. You said on TV you don't think that Draymond will finish with the Warriors this yeah. year. But why would anybody trade for Draymond, the basketball player, and Draymond, the
0: teammate? Well, so this is complicated. So I don't think Draymond's going to finish the year with the Warriors. Yeah. I think they're going to trade him. I know that's a somewhat controversial take, but you got to keep in mind that Draymond gave them an out because they don't want to give him a long-term extension. And after this year, he has a player option. He could opt out, be a free agent, want the long-term extension. Right. I also think that, you know, they have to pay Wiggins. They're definitely paying Poole. I don't think they're going to pay Draymond as well. And so now Draymond, with his behavior, gave him a reason for it. Right. Right. So why would someone trade for him? So there's two types of trades involving Draymond Green that I think could be interesting. One is a team that is trading for the guys you would include along with Draymond. So. Draymond plus the young guys Kaminga, Camu- Cam- Cam- pardon me, and Moody for a star player. So, if a team star asks out, and what they want is young, you know, prospects, the Warriors have that, but you would have to include Draymond so the salaries match. You follow me? Like, this is a hey, th- this trade's not going to happen. I'm just making total, you know, it, this is not my proposed trade. But like let's say Zach Levine's. Like, I want out of here. And the warrior's are like, oh, that'd be interesting. Levine along with Clay and Snap right. will play Wiseman at center. In or you can't just trade Kaminga and Moody for Levine. The salaries aren't they don't right. make enough. You throw in Draymond.
1: Now, now
0: the salaries work. So there's yeah. one type of trade that would work. Here's another one. Team that needs to learn how to win. So let's say, as a four instance, Zion and Brandon Ingram don't work as a one-two, and I'm skeptical of it. I think mean, the Pelicans could be really good, but I don't think their defense is going to be that good, despite Herb Jones and Alvarado, and I don't know that Ingram thinks he should be the number two to Zion. So for the Pelicans, a team like that, that's going to... that doesn't have anybody on the team with respect to CJ that need knows how to win at a high level, need a glue guy, need some defense, could Ingram for Draymond, Kaminga, and Moody? I, it's a conversation. Right. The other type of trade is a three-teamer. So the three-teamer is, as a for instance, the one involving the Lakers. Because the Lake Draymond's a clutch guy. Draymond could play... The front line alongside Anthony Davis.
1: Everybody thinks that Draymond wants to go to the Lakers.
0: There is a lot of smoke there. So the Warriors obviously would not be taking Russ. But the way it would work is Russ goes to, for instance, let's use the team everybody's talking about, the Pacers. Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, I don't know the Warriors would want them. But again, they go to the Warriors. Draymond comes down to the Lakers and the Warriors kick in draft picks to Indian uh the Pacers. You know, the Lakers kick in a draft pick and the Warriors kick in a draft pick. So the the Pacers get the two picks right. for taking on Russ. Draymond goes to the Lakers and the Warriors get a couple rotations. Right. Those so those are the different trades that could work. Now, as and again, those are off the top of my head. I, my point is, some star is going to become available. And because of Big Vic, because of Victor Winbanyama, there are going to be more teams this year that are mediocre that then just decide we want to tear this whole thing down and try to tank for a draft pick than ever before because of the thirst for Victor. Yep. So I think there's going to be more guys available. All right, now on the uh, the I think the Warriors botched this. I you can't call it the biggest crisis of your career, and then not and then he got suspended one game for yelling at Durant right. and hurting Durant's feelings. He cold cocked Jordan Poole. I don't know how Poole's de- gonna deal with it. You can I can tell that Poole's a little
1: off. N- no, you. Like I, I saw it when they played the Lakers. He was like very
0: like you could tell that he was just like it's a jarring moment and. So much of Draymond's value comes from being leader, right. adult, all that stuff. He's lost all authority there. Yeah. He's lost. So I just, I don't think it's tenable long term for the late for the Warriors. All right. Last one. There's our time, but we're gonna be quick on this one so we can get to your guys' stuff soon. Next.
1: You know that former rich quarterback who was caught stealing from the poor?
0: Allegedly, yeah. Brett Carve. Well, that-
1: Yep, he's denying everything completely now. Brett Favre says that he's been unjustly smeared in the media and said that he never knew where the money was going to, or coming from, sorry. You've got his feet to the fire throughout this process. Do you
0: buy this? Of course not. I mean, we've seen the text messages. The text messages are as crystal clear guilt as anything I've ever seen. I'm not buying it. Also, while at one point I thought the media was not covering this enough, the media has done a much better job of it, and I have now. Uh, I saw with respect RG three tweet out, uh, yeah, what Devonte Adams and Draymond Green did was bad, but let's not forget that Brett Favre stole from the poor." The guys, <laughs> we can do multiple things, away. okay? Like <laughs> we have the ability to hold multiple thoughts in our head at the same time, and I, 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 what Brett Favre did. What I believe he did was awful, and I believe he's going to end up in legal trouble. Just that does not give every other athlete (laughs) a pass for other bad actions. But that is that's like that's a tweet written by a Twitter algorithm. It's like, oh, this will get engagement. People be like, preach, preach, shut up. Like, it's stupid. We can we can talk about all of these things simultaneously. Like culture the, yeah, I mean, Favre's um, denial was so audacious. Like, I've done nothing wrong when we have seen the text messages.
1: Go ahead. Wait, so I want to ask you a question. Yeah. How long is it? When when did word get out there? Brett Favre was denying this because, like, I just feel like I'm just now Three here days ago okay, so three days ago these allegations came what like two or three weeks ago
0: oh, months ago
1: so him and his team like strategized like yeah and I then he decided- deny it. like
0: listen and, and <laughs> by the way it's the it's not a ter the, the flat shaggy it wasn't me defense <laughs> is not a terrible strategy but anybody that's been paying attention to this the the text messages are like the smoking gun here so it's it it's an audacious defense but I don't buy it at all. All right. Uh, Here's what we're going to do. Again, keep the questions coming for the C block. We have a new game coming up after a very short break, and I'm going to rant about the most frustrating part about watching NFL football in 2022. That's all next. About a 60-second break. We'll be right back live on YouTube, and if you're listening on a podcast, we appreciate that as well. Welcome back in, What's Right, Nick Right, live on YouTube. And in fact, since we are live on YouTube, my apologies, I am going to tweet out the link one quick right now. Still going live on YouTube, so that way more people can join us because we're going to answer your questions in the chat at the end of the show. We also have uh, on What's Right show. Sorry about this. I should have done this during our commercial break. Uh, there we go. There's the link for that uh, sent out. The the we're gonna answer your questions in the chat and we've got a new game coming. But first, oh look at that Photoshop. Look, Damonze.
1: Yeah, I saw it.
0: Yeah, I do read books. Stop. See, you, you calm down over there dropping stuff. This guy just
1: fidgeted I'm, with his phone for the first 30 seconds of the opening. I
0: wasn't fidgeting. I was I was trying to increase I dropped our reach. one marker. I was down. trying to amplify our reach. I didn't drop my phone, by the way. Uh okay. I want to talk about something quickly before we get to our new game. So, like eight years ago, five years ago, something like that, the NFL broadcast decided, man, there's so much controversy surrounding replay reviews. What is a catch? What isn't a catch? Let's have on standby for all these games a ref, a retired ref, so he can come in and be like, hey, this is a foul. This isn't a foul. He's not going to be a part of the broadcast, play in, play out. But when we need an expert, let's go to him. I am calling on NFL broadcasts to do the same thing for, quote, analytics, unquote, because it is so maddening listening to every decision a coach makes that the broadcast crew disagrees with. There's like, oh, some nerd with a calculator told him to do it. It's the old analytics. So I'm watching Monday Night Football Chiefs Raiders. The Raiders go for two to go up one. And Joe and Troy, who are great, they're like, ah, analytics. That was not analytics. The analytical models were actually very split on if that was even a good or a bad decision. That was Josh McDaniel flatly saying, I think we can get two. And I don't think they trust their kicker. I want to try and take the lead. That's what it was. But here's my real frustration. First of all, so many things here. So give me a few minutes. First of all, analytics is simply... Making it needs a rebranding. It is making a decision based on historical and contemporaneous evidence on what will lead to the best result. That's all it is. Right. We all use analytics all day long.
1: Yeah.
0: Whether we recognize it or not, it's just calculated in our own head. It's like, well, I'm running late. Will I get there? Should I speed? Am I more or less likely to get there earlier if I speed? Well, how often is there a cop here? How often do I get pulled over? That is that is That decision tree is the same thing as analytics. If we, And so there are certain NFL decisions that never happened in the past that now sometimes do happen that are purely analytics. Let me give you an example. A team is down 14 points and scores a touchdown. All the analytical models agree in that spot you should go for two. The reason you should do that—that that is a pure analytical—you know—red line down fourteen late score a touchdown. Why do you go for two? Well, if you get it, now a touchdown and a extra point win you the game. If you don't get it, you then have another opportunity to go for two. You have to fail on two two-point conversions for it to hurt you. Right. That is a clear. Let me give you another advan- example. Of a clear analytical red line, no doubt about it. If you are, and this is one a lot of teams don't do, but I argue, I would argue they should. If you are down 15 points and you need two touchdowns, one of them with a two point conversion, right? You should, and you score a touchdown, you should go for two on the first touchdown. People are like, well, but then if you don't get it, you're down two scores. The reason, That is another analytical red line is you want to know as early as possible if you are or are not converting the two-point conversion. That way, if you go, if you down 15, score a touchdown, kick the X point down eight. Right. And then get the ball back, down eight, go score another touchdown, fail the two-point conversion with 10 seconds left. You're like, oh, I've lost. Game's over. Right. If you are down 15, score a touchdown, and go for two, and don't get it with four minutes left. Now you know, oh, we're down two scores. We didn't get it. Now we are in an onside kick situation. Those are analytical, pure analytics. A lot of this other stuff that the announcers are blaming on analytics is judgment calls in the finest of margins. And the most frustrating part for me is we only play the result on bad, or not even bad, on analytical decisions that fail. So, for instance, what is the biggest surprise in the NFL this year? I would argue it's the Giants. You know what set their tone of their entire season? Going for two with 45 seconds left in game one, down one against the Titans. And Saquon got in. Set the tone for their whole season. That would never have happened a decade ago. It would have been thought of as insane. Yeah. And nobody's like, oh! Analytics might have helped the Giants there. The Raider game, when people are killing Josh McDaniels for going for two to take the lead, which, again, most of the analytical models actually disagreed with because there was so much time left. What nobody acknowledged was on the first possession of the game in their own territory in fourth and one, they went for it. That is a pure analytical decision. They scored a touchdown. Everyone kills John Harbaugh for last year for his goal line and two-point conversion decisions, failing to acknowledge that last year, early in the year, against the Chiefs. He went for a fourth down. It won them the game. The Chargers, two weeks ago, or last week, they went for a fourth and short near midfield with the lead. Seemed, even by my standards, very aggressive. People kill. They ended up winning anyway. People kill. uh, the coach there, Staley, totally ignoring the week before. Exact same situation. Up, up against the Texans late in the fourth quarter. They went for a fourth down in their own territory and got it and then ended up winning the game because of it. Nobody ever talks about these decisions when they work. It is maddening. And nobody ever kills a coach for going against analytics, going with the old school way when they lose because of it. You know one of the major mistakes the Raiders made, something that went totally in the face of analytics? Up 14-0 on Kansas City. They had a fourth and one at the 35. The, the Chiefs 35. And they kicked the field goal. All the analytical models screamed, go, go, go. Yeah. They didn't. They got a field goal. A lot of good that did them. We never So, old school football... What coaches and the media are complicit in this, they, they coach to delay losing as opposed to trying to win the game outright. The Chiefs made a grievous analytical error in that Raider game. They had fourth and two right outside of the two-minute warning around midfield. If they get a first down, they win the game. They punted away, up one. And you know what happened? the Raiders slice down the field, and if Devontae Adams doesn't bobble that football, they're in field goal range. No, the, the Raiders, oh, the, yeah, the Raiders yeah, yeah, the bobbled it before. on the sideline, yeah, yeah. and they're, the that was a mistake by the Chiefs they got away with. The Ravens last week against the Bengals, I'll give you another example. Everyone killed Harbaugh for not kicking the field goal against the Bills. Blamed analytics. So this weekend against the Bengals, up three, he went against the analytics, and kicked the field goal. Trusted his defense. You know what the Bengals did? Drove right down the field, score a touchdown to go up one. Now, the Ravens ended up getting away with it because they had a great final two-minute drive, but it's just, it is so maddening that we are NFL fans, and even the language of it is biased. take the points. Why don't you take the points? Guys, when teams don't kick field goals, It's not because they don't like points. It's because they want more of
1: it. (laughs)
0: They're trying to take more points. Right. So that's my little rant. One day, mark it down. The folks that kill every, and that's the uh, one last point. You would think it'd be more popular because it's the obvious, more aggressive way to play going for it, leaving your offense on the field. But fans have been tricked into thinking it's dumb there. The the folks that are out here being anti-analytics, are going to sound like the NBA commentators of a decade ago saying jump-shooting teams don't win championships. They're going to look like cavemen. What, are you amazed by how long this has gone?
1: I'm, yeah, I'm amazed at the clock right now.
0: Yeah, all right, well, let's get to our game. I told you this was going to be a good analytics rant. So how does this game work? What is it? What uh, happens?
1: It's called write-ins. pretty straightforward. I will make a statement. Look and- at
0: this stupid picture. Oh, look- yeah, I love it. I don't love it.
1: Need to shrink my head just a little bit.
0: Okay, go Uh, ahead. I
1: will make a statement and then we will fill in the blanks with our answers. Our live viewers can also respond in the chat and we'll read some of the best answers. Okay. Our first one we've got. After losing to the Chiefs, Devontae Adams pushed a cameraman over who got in his way. Devontae Adams' punishment should be Okay. So writing
0: these down? Yes. All right. I'm going to. All right. So I'm going to say his Oh, jeez. What can you not write, buddy? I, um, this is what I'm writing. Suspension with an asterisk. Okay? The reason I say an asterisk, here's why I say suspension, but with an asterisk. I do not believe he should be suspended. However, I believe that what he did is far worse than what Mike Evans did. Mike Evans pushed another player. Right. Right. And Mike, the NFL suspended Mike Evans. Right. And so because of that, I think they have set the precedent that you the if the punishment for shoving Marshawn Lattimore is a game, the punishment for shoving a civilian has to be a game. I also am really annoyed by the members of the media that are blaming this camera guy.
1: Now <laughs> I haven't seen too much of that. Oh my
0: they're like, oh, he should have looked where he was going. Oh, he was in Devontae Adams' workspace. That's that guy's workspace. Now, do I think the camera guy filing a police report is part of a pending lawsuit? Yes. Do I think it's a bit of a money grab? Yes. Do I think what Devontae Adams did rises to the level of criminality? No, I don't, even though, I mean, it's technically simple assault caught on tape. So yeah, he's probably gonna have to plead to something if the guy continues to press charges. But all these folks are like, oh my God, can you believe this guy is going forward? Folks, <laughs> if you're just at work and something happens, do neither of your markers work?
1: No, one of them works.
0: Okay. Just... If you're just at work and you walk by somewhere and it's like, hey, if you pick that up, if you pick that bag up, Pete, strangers on the internet will make fun of you. <laughs> but you get to keep the $50,000 inside. I think most people would be picking it up. It's free money for him. He's gonna get some money. I don't begrudge. Him I think he should
1: have DM'd him. Just like, hey man, you know. Okay. Well, I can either go forward with this, or you can just give me some money, dude. Which
0: Yeah, way? but the that
1: if you've he got he,
0: to quickly file the police report, right. it helps you a lot. I think you will end up dropping the charges again. If Mike Evans hadn't been suspended, I would say the punishment should just be a fine. But he was suspended, so I think he should be suspended. All right, what's the next one?
1: The next one we got. The Chiefs were saved Monday night when the Raiders went for two instead of kicking the game-tying extra point. The coaching decisions this year have been horrific. The NFL head coach most likely to hit on a 20 in blackjack, K, is? I don't, okay. okay. Are you all right, buddy?
0: Are you having a straight a stroke? Are you okay? Demonte's got to go. I, don't, I, I mean, Demonte just got up. So I'm going to surprise people with my answer here. Oh, gosh. Okay. Demaze is a little under the weather. He's also having trouble with his whiteboard that he also, by the way, left at home and I had to go back and get. Are you going to sit back down? What yeah, are you no, doing? A regroup for a second. Okay. Yeah. So I think everyone, what do you think my answer to this is going to be? The uh, coach. Daniel Hackett. That is not my answer. Even Nathaniel Daniel Hackett knows not to hit home. Andy Reid. No. Here's my answer. My answer is Kingsbury. And you might be like, Nick, why? I, I know you don't like Cliff. My answer is Kingsbury because nobody would hit on 20 in Blackjack ever. In fact, the casino will actually try to stop you from doing it. They'll be like, Are you sure? So why would Kingsbury do it? Because I think Kingsbury is flirting with the cocktail waitress <laughs> and not paying attention. He's like, Hit me. And he's, he's, not, he's like, No, they're like, Sir, he's like, Hit me. So yeah, the if it were. The coach most likely to stay on 16 against a 10, that would be Hackett. But hit on a 20, it's Kingsbury because I think he's distracted. You're out of the whiteboard game, by the way. You're not writing anything. Your marker's not working. You're out. You just ask me, and I'll answer the questions. What's next? All right. New York
1: sports are thriving. The Jets, the Giants are somehow over 500 for the first time since 2015. The Knicks and Nets tip off this week. The best New York team after baseball season will be.
0: Oh, that's easy. The, the the team that I have season tickets for. The best New York team, once the Yankees are done, is going to be the Nets. The, the And so, okay, can I just, all right, everybody real quick before I even give my answer. Demonze, hold yours up again because I, I so Demanze, hold it up to the camera, you doofus. Hold it up to the camera. No, I was just
1: trying to make sure I didn't read the
0: okay, that Okay, there you go. It, see how it says Bills? Okay, the Bills are not a New York team.
1: What do you mean they're not a New York team? They What's
0: are talking it? New York City, which is why they said the Jets and the Giants in the question. They're talking New York City teams. They're not talking about the Buffalo Bills in upstate New York. I told you you're out of the game, and instead you wrote Bills twice in <laughs> terrible handwriting. No, because it was really small. Yeah, it was small the first time. You're out. You can regroup next week. Just ask the question. My answer is the Nets. I don't think the Nets can win the title, and I don't think they'll be great in the playoffs, but they'll be quite good in the regular season. I don't think, listen, the Giants and Jets are good stories, but between the two of them, they're going to win zero combined playoff games. The Knicks are not going to be very good. best player on that team can't be Jalen Brunson. The answer is obviously the Nets. It's no question the Nets. Do you know, by the way, next Wednesday? You're going, by the way. You, You, me, your mom and one of your sisters next third next a week from or not a week from wednesday wednesday nets pelicans to open the season
1: oh yeah it's great that'll that'll be very exciting the the nets all right next say Ben. oh joe Uh,
0: joe schmoe by the way in the chat says the nets and cameron says fly jets fly let me say one thing about the jets zach wilson's look good in his two games back and that is the only thing that matters for the jets is that Zach Wilson progresses, and he looks good. All right, next.
1: You're not a big baseball fan, but you've been watching the playoffs a bit. You will watch what percentage of the MLB playoffs?
0: Oh, well, I mean, starting next round, where, well, really in this round, when the games aren't on during the day, 85%. Let me say this about playoff baseball. Playoff baseball It's like a different sport than regular season baseball. Regular season baseball, I have almost, I have close to zero interest in. Playoff baseball is exhilarating. The way every pitch matters, the way everything matters, I'm totally into it. And I like the new format. I like the expanded. I didn't think I would but the best of three in the wild card round. Now the division round. Padres Dodgers been unbelievable series. I'm totally in on the playoff baseball. So I'll watch 85%. All right, last one.
1: Wait, hold on. I know it says something about Roger Goodell here, but we're not doing... We're that. not doing that yeah, one. Yeah, so I I, I, I need you... No, because I'm on the updated document. Okay. It's 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 not... Okay. Uh,
0: so, so do you have the Lakers question? This has not been your best performance. I got to tell you. No,
1: no, no, man.
0: You don't... Okay, I'll read the question. Demandze, take a lap. Demandze's in the penalty box. Wait, During the Lakers-Wolves preseason game, Patrick Beverly called a huddle on the court. LeBron A.D. and Lonnie Walker joined him. Russell Westbrook refused to join. Your relationship advice for Russ and Pat Bev is my relationship advice. You're not on the updated document. Stop looking so confused. It's not your fault. The internet went out for a moment. I already had mine updated. Don't worry about it, pal. I gotcha. My my here's my advice for Russ and Patrick Beverly. And it's what I think Russ expected to happen. Divorce. There is no saving this. And the idea Russ is clearly and obviously coming to the realization, like I am, that he's going to start the season on this team. He didn't want to start the season on this team. He was trying to play good soldier and was, wasn't planning on starting the season on this team. And this and Patrick Beverly, listen, Russ, I've got your back. Patrick Beverly has no business trying to tell LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook when to huddle up. Patrick Beverly is the height. Of irritation, he's not one of those guys. Like, oh, you hate him when he's on your team, but you love him when he or you hate him when he's on the other team, love him when he's on your team. No, yeah, he's irritating for all people involved in all circumstances. Unfortunately, the Lakers traded for him, so he's going to be around. I do not think Russ makes it to New Year's Day with the Lakers. I think Russ is on his way out. They just haven't found the trade that works best. Okay, I got to be honest. This game didn't go exactly how we hoped. Demonte's marker didn't work. Demonte's computer then crashed. He's a little under the weather. I'm gonna, you know what? I I I I take ownership of this. This was my fault here. I should have saw this coming down the pike. Demonte's still curious about what's going on with the computer. I told you it's going on with the computer. Don't worry about it. We got it all handled. We're still live on YouTube. Podcast still rolling. We answer your questions next. Quick break. What's right? All right, welcome back in episode 81. What's right, Nick Wright, live on YouTube. Also, if you're just listening to us, you can download on Spotify, on Apple iTunes. Buddy, don't worry about it. Don't get tilted. You seem, you seem, cons- listen, we're live. Oh, guys, I told him not to worry about it. Now we're doing a new drawing of blank. Monty's performance day has been outstanding. He's under the weather. He could have called in sick. He could have left us screwed. His computer went down for a moment and his whiteboard didn't work. I'm not worried about it. You're doing a great job.
1: Wait, I'm actually not. You're tilted actually, by it. Well, you
0: should be a little tilted. Should be a little bothered. Well, it's,
1: by the, it. it's not my fault.
0: It's, uh, well, you know, I kind of gave you an out there, saying it wasn't your fault. I am not sure whose fault it was. Doesn't matter. We are now reading questions from the fans. Demanze, what are the questions?
1: Well, this wasn't in the question, but Nathan said he had to turn this off to read a book.
0: Oh, good for him. You know what, Nathan? The good thing about being on YouTube and the podcast, we're on demand. Whatever you want. Get a nice couple chapters in, Nate. You'll feel better about yourself. Next. Gabe
1: Goodwin says, what's right with Nick Wright? Come for the book club. Stay for the analytic analysis.
0: All right. Gabe Goodwin is another one of our executive producers. Uh, As I mentioned, the EPs earlier, Gabe runs Blue Duck Media, does a great job. I would love to know, is Gabe, Gabe at, oh, Gabe's there. Can you guys put in there, what's the last book Gabe read start to finish? Because I, this is, there's a chance that Gabe, because Gabe is like a low-key, real smart guy. There's a chance that Gabe is like, oh, yeah, I read a book really recently about, you know, the French Revolution. Right. I would believe that. I would also believe that he has not read a complete book in six years. Like, I think, hey, the the, the, realm, the range of possibilities there are endless. This is not a book guy. Too busy making podcasts. Oh, look at them. Look, okay, so we can put that in the chat. All right, DeMonze, what's next?
1: Uh next we have Matthew. He's asking, "What's the best bet you've ever won? Poker or sports gambling? I want to know about your favorite win ever. Love the show, have a great day, team." Thanks, dude.
0: Okay, well, that's very nice of you. Um, I mean, poker it wouldn't be like a bet. Like I've won I think the biggest single poker hand I've ever won, the pot was probably, I don't know, $16,000. So that's probably the biggest poker hand I've won. My best poker night ever would be the t- it was on TV, the time that I won that $10,000 sit and go with Helmuth and Negranu and Maria Ho and others. And that, I mean, that one I won, it was $10,000 to enter and it was $50,000. Or 60,000 first prize? It was 60,000 first prize. So I won 50,000 there. So that was, so that's my best poker night ever. But that's kind of a unique situation. So right. That's a one off. uh The best bet I've ever won would be the, oh, I won. I won a lot when the Lakers won the title on a Lakers future. That was a really good one. Oh, no, 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 no. The the best the best bet I ever won without question was when the Clippers were up 3-1 on the Nuggets. I bet the Nuggets live to win the series at like 80 to 1 while they were trailing in game five.
1: That's special. With
0: with a butt with in this kind of gambling group I'm in. I got the Nuggets to win the series at, yeah, like 78-1 to because they were down 3-1 in the series and they were down like 15 in the second half. And they ended up coming all the way back. So that one, I mean, that one was crazy. I also won a ton of money in this same gambling group betting on the last presidential election after Biden had been announced the winner. Cause a lot of these guys I'm in this group with are just, just, I mean, I I think half of them were, were at the Capitol on January 6th and they were convinced that the election was going to get overturned and they kept betting. They bet on Trump to win States that had already been called. I, and so that was, that was the biggest, that was way more. I mean, that, that the election thing was, uh, just consistent. I mean, it was just people giving money away, uh, And if I'm being totally honest, it kind of felt like they were getting free-rolled because if I lost, it would mean that, you know, our government fell in a coup, in which case I think all bets are off. I think that's where they got the, the phrase, all bets are off. It's like, well, if your country's in the midst of a, you know, the government's been overthrown, I'm not sure how and when we're paying these bets off. All right, next.
1: Uh, Dylan asks, if the Chiefs went bankrupt and had to shut shut operations down tomorrow, what NFL team would you root for?
0: It's a really interesting question. So, I think the answer is the Jags. Oh, well, wow. Because I do believe in Trevor Lawrence, and I wouldn't want to like bandwagon a team that is already really good. The Ravens? Yeah, the Ravens be fun but it would feel a little bandwagony. It couldn't be any AFC West teams. It obviously wouldn't be the, If let me, I guess, that's a hell of a question. Like, who's my favorite team? Another way to put that is, uh, what's my favorite team other than the Chiefs? So I like Trevor Lawrence. So that one's interesting. There'd be no AFC East team. Shit, it seems like. I that. like Tomlin, but no, I didn't, you know, Houston's not the answer. Uh, so the Jags, or if they got rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco, San Francisco would feel a little bandwagon, to be honest with you. Um,
1: seems like you love Cincinnati.
0: I do like Cincinnati. Yeah. Cincinnati beat the, but that feels a little bandwagony too. They just went to the Super Bowl. You know what? My answer is the, ja- my answer is the Jags. All right. What's the next question from the chat?
1: Uh, Peppa asks, what is the premier league team? team you root for oh
0: liverpool because uh my buddy maverick owns a piece of it so the lebron and maverick bought a piece of liverpool and i i like premier league soccer i like european soccer most notably or international soccer that's why i'm so excited for the world cup but i never had a team i thought for a while that i was a tottenham fan but then i realized i didn't really care i wasn't watching their games but once maverick bought a piece of liverpool then I became a fan of them. All right, last one.
1: Yeah, by the way, says you nailed it, he got through half of Obama's last book.
0: Yeah, that's what about got- what I figured. He has him on his nightstand, so it looks good, but he doesn't actually.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. So we got Joel
0: Pinfield. Penfield.
1: Pinfield. low hard. Oh, how? Okay. How hard were you laughing when Carl Sheffer's voice cracked when he had to announce that call? Yeah,
0: listen. Let me say one thing, and this will we'll wrap the show. The roughing the pastor penalty on Chris Jones is objectively terrible. Yeah. It was one of the worst calls you'll ever see. He already possessed the ball when they called him for roughing the passer. Despite that call and the fact that it might have been a 10-point swing, I think the Chiefs got the better whistle over the course of that game because the refs were so tilted by how bad that call was in Arrowhead's crowd that the Chiefs got every single flag the rest of the game. If I'm a Raider fan, that holding on the kick. On the missed field goal haunts me to this day. And the poor Raiders who blew the game against the Cardinals, almost stole the game against the Titans, finally got a win, and then were about to get another win, be fine, be two and three headed into their body. Would
1: have had beaten the Chiefs. And I'm would have
0: beaten about. the would have beaten the Chiefs and uh what was their other win? Was it the Chargers or was it the Broncos? The the Raiders. The I Raiders' other win, my apologies. I think it was the Broncos. The, no, it was it was the Broncos. That's right. Yeah. They would have gotten two divisional wins and going into their bye. Instead, they're one and four. With that said, here's the Raiders next six. Houston, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indy, Denver, Seattle. Before they play the Chargers again. The Raiders absolutely could be five and five. The reason I say five and five is obviously they're going to lose to the Jaguars. My second favorite team. That's today's show. Episode 81. We'll see you guys tomorrow for The Gambling Show. What's right.